Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 161. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Next Step Test Prep, the MCAT podcast is here to make sure you have the information you need to succeed on your MCAT test day. We all know that the MCAT is one of the biggest hurdles you'll face as a pre-med, and we're here to give you the motivation and information that you need to know to help get you the score you deserve so you can one day call yourself a physician. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week. As always, I am joined by a top-notch tutor, an expert on the MCAT from Next Step Test Prep. We continue to have Phil with us. We are excited that he is here, that he has joined us, and that he is sharing his knowledge. Phil is our third host here from Next Step Test Prep. And so we are going through not just questions like we've done previously, but kind of going through a lot of the core questions that students have about the MCATs because Phil is bringing a different philosophy, different point of view, and sometimes brings a lot of new stuff to the table. So we're going to dive in with another episode right now. Phil, back for some more MCAT podcast. How are you doing today? Good, good. Having a good time. I'm excited for today's topic. This I'm, is, uh, I'm super excited. I struggled with when I first started. So this is something that everyone struggles with, right? And and I have I have a whole separate podcast, which I shouldn't mention on this podcast because it's kind of a competitor, but <laughs> it's still a valuable podcast. So I'll just mention it really quickly. But but the car section for for people, it's it's painful, right? Especially for ESL students. And yeah. the car section, I think what we're going to talk about today, the car section is just, it's just different, right? It's like, oh, what's that equation? Oh, what's that? What's that conversion? Like, you can't do that on the car section. So yeah, from, from your experience, when, when you see students who you've worked with or students in a group setting, wherever, uh, in the MCAT course that you teach with Next Step, when you see these students and they're struggling with cars, what do you think is the... There, what do you see is the biggest mistake that students are making? It's it's usually the fact that they don't realize it's different. Um, whenever I think about the MCAT, it's really two exams. There's the sciences, which are the other three sections, and then there's cars. And a, a lot of times, if you try to use the same strategies that make you successful in the the bio and the chem phys and the physics or the psychology stuff, um, that ends up hurting you. Which is why. If I'm ever talking to a student and they say, like, I'm doing really well on most of the sections, but there's one section that I'm really bombing. It's like it's always cars. Always. Um, yeah. 
because whatever you're trying to do on the other ones is successful there, but it's hurting you in cars. Um, and I think the big thing there is just recognizing that it's, it's trying, it's not trying to test what you know. And so the, the entire rest of the exam, you know, the five hours that you're spending there is, is all about trying to prove what, you know, you know, equations, you know, what ADH does, you know, what aldosterone does, you know, what Freud's theories are, who's (laughs) Piaget. Um, and so it's, you're trying to prove all this, this stuff that, you know, you're trying to prove that you're a smart person. Um, but then cars doesn't care. And so if you try to prove that you're smart, then, then you like, you're actually failing yeah. in that, that area. Yeah. And I've, I've seen just from going over passages and, and talking to other students and, and to having Brian and Claire on the podcast in the past. And it's always nice. It's, it's nice to have you on now because we get a, another point of view, uh, sometimes different, sometimes the same, but with the car section, you, you talked about proving what you know. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I think, uh, from from my experience go, working through Cars Passages and trying to figure stuff out, it always seems like when in a Cars Passage, when I try to bring in stuff that I know, that's screwing me up. Uh, yeah. be, because the questions and what the author is trying to get at, they don't care about what I know. It's all about mm-hmm. what the author is saying. Yeah, you, you, you have to be especially careful if the MCAT writers are writing about a topic that not only that you know about, but they know you know about, right? <laughs> if there's something about like Darwin or evolution or disease or healthcare, you have to be really, really careful because people have this like ingrown like ideas and these things that are so deep that you can't pull them out. Things like people don't even realize, like things like you shouldn't murder somebody, like don't be racist, right? Like those are so ingrained in you. But if the car's passage doesn't say that, you can't think it. And so if the car's passage says something like, you know, Benjamin Franklin said you should fight and be willing to kill preemptively for liberty, right? Like basically saying like you can murder somebody if you think they're going to take away your rights. I and like it. So now, according to the passage, murder's fine. Yeah. And you have to not bring in your own outside knowledge. It's and almost so just, like the the Dunning-Kruger effect, right, of, of mm-hmm. you thinking you know a lot more than you do when you have just a little bit of knowledge seems like it takes over in the car section. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, we, you know, we've talked a lot about, like, the motivation of the MCAT writers over the last couple of weeks. And I think that this is, this is incredibly clever. Um, what they're trying to do is they're not trying to test what you know. They're trying to test how well you can understand someone else's point of view. And that's a really, really important thing to being a great physician. Um, there's a lot of doctors, a lot of people I know that know lots of stuff that maybe aren't the best doctor in the world because they, like, don't pay attention to the patients and don't understand what's going on in the mind of the patient. We don't, we don't Uh, care about the patient. We care about what's happening to the patient. That's all we care about. Right, right, right. And so for example, like there might be something in the real world where you have a patient who's like 17 and he's got like an osteosarcoma and you're, you diagnose and you're like, okay, you know, it's early. We caught it. We're going to have to do surgery. There's a good chance we're going to have to do chemo afterwards. And so if the patient responds like, Okay, like I think we can do this. I, I think the the coach and the other guys are going to be kind of bummed out. We we're really hoping to go to state this year, but I probably won't be able to practice. Well, I'm like, no, nah, probably not. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of times people are going to like focus in on certain things, and like a lot of that like just kind of goes in one ear and out the other. But a, a great physician needs to kind of latch on because there's some something going on there where the the patient is concerned that other people are going to be upset at him mm-hmm. because 
he has cancer. He's got enough stuff on his plate. And so you need to kind of like check and make sure and show that you like you have to make sure he understands that no one's going to be mad at him because he's sick. You need to understand what's going on. here. this is like theory of mind of like understanding something from someone else's perspective. Yeah. And so, you know, a, a lot of times, like if you're tested, like the whole passage is just this big, long list of stuff. And a lot of times students think that you're going to get tested on certain things like details like, what's the guy's, what's that patient's coach's name? I don't care. <laughs> I, I have to be honest. I really, like, that's not a big deal to me. Yeah. Um, the fact that he's maybe feeling like he's going to get some blame for having cancer, that yeah. that concerns me. How do you, so, how do you deal with the passages where, where the author is writing? There's somebody's obviously writing this passage, but the the passage is about all of these different people as well and i when i read those kinds of passages i get very confused i'm like should i be focusing on the people that this author is writing about or should i be concerned about how the author is writing about these people ooh that's that's a really great question um i i have I have motives every time I see a passage. I like I flip a switch. The way that I read cars is different than how I read anything else in the world. Whenever I'm trying to read something normally, just like I was in kindergarten, I'm trying to understand something um, like the details, the ins and outs. But I I have to be honest and this. You know, most people are really surprised by this. I, I really don't care about the details and like what's exactly going on in the cars passage. Mm-hmm. What I care about is what are the different viewpoints and how does the author feel, right? So if there's contrasting viewpoints, I need to kind of latch onto that because they're trying to test, like, do you understand what's going on between people? And and so if you if you can latch onto the contrast and then how do the, the people feel, um, contrast and opinion are king in my mind. If you can yeah. walk out of that, uh, that passage, understanding most of that, but like not understanding a lot of the details and examples and evidence, like yeah. that's kind of okay. You can always go back to the passage to find those things. So, so when you're talking about contrasts, let me give you an example and and see if it it fits with what you're saying. So, let's say it's uh, it's uh, a passage based on something about right early American history, and the author uh, is bringing up his or her own viewpoint. And brings in uh, a a published author of some book about the same time period, uh, and you're like, wait a minute, is is the author of the passage agreeing with this book author? Are they not agreeing? Is is that what you're talking about as far as contrast and and that sort of thing? Yeah, and so there's there's some ways that that authors can word stuff that puts some distance between them and somebody else. Sometimes they're just kind of trying to give straight facts. Um, adjectives and verbs can be really important. For example, um, like if I say, my brother says the sky is red, mm-hmm. or my brother knows the sky is red. Okay. There's a difference there, right? One of them like tells you that I'm on board with it. And the other one is me kind of trying to get some distance between this or maybe I'm not on board. Maybe I think this guy's red. Maybe I don't, but mm. my brother definitely does versus my brother knows this guy is red. We're both on board with that. That's and interesting. So, so, so when you said that I, I was trying, I, I wasn't thinking about you in that situation, agreeing mm-hmm. or disagreeing. I was expecting more for that, for you to Something say about the brother. Yeah. So my silly brother thinks the sky is red mm-hmm. or my brother's so smart. He thinks the sky is red or what, whatever. Right. Right. And, and there are some passages that have 
like like one or two like key words. Um, adverbs are huge. Basically, an adverb is anything that ends with an ly. So luckily, strangely, fortunately, that means the author thinks this is lucky. The author thinks this is strange. The author thinks this is fortunate. So like alarm bells are going off in my head. So when I say like I have objectives, I have a mission when I'm dealing with a passage. Um, I'm, I'm looking for those things. I'm hunting aggressively for them. Um, I like to use the analogy of like, you know, I'm like a, there's like a SEAL team that's trying to go in and extract a president from some sort of scenario. The SEAL team doesn't walk in there and they're like, oh, this is a pretty rug. You know, this painting would look good in the dining room, right? Like they, they have an objective. They get in, they get out. And so a lot of those details of like what color my brother thinks the sky is like that actually doesn't matter to me. Um, what matters is like the the author and the brother both agree on something. And that's that's way more important. And so, you know, going in there, I'm ignoring the paintings. I'm ignoring the rugs. If they ask me something about it, like I can go back to the passage and find like, what color did they say it was? It was red. Yeah. Um, but that's that's so like minor. And that's so easy of a question that the MCAT is not going to ask that because they need to separate people. Um, and this is one of the big things different about the reading section with cars versus other exams, because a lot of, you know, I'll see questions like GRE material and things like that. And a lot of times they're just trying to check, like, what did we say? Just go back and find it. Um, I call those where's Waldo questions because <laughs> you just like, no one's no one's not smart enough to find Waldo. Just like go look for him. You'll find him. If you put in the time, it's there. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times it can be a little bit tricky to like catch the like opinions and contrast. And so you got to be constantly hunting for those things. As you're working your your way through a passage, are you are you going, OK, they agree, they agree, they agree. Oh, they disagree, they disagree, they disagree. Are you are you literally doing that kind of sentence by sentence, uh, paragraph by paragraph? Yeah, a lot of times, like anytime I see somebody's got a viewpoint, I'm I'm actively looking for does the author agree or disagree, and sometimes it's those like you know so so and so claims right, so and so knows, and like that's those are huge huge things that send off alarm bells, and and I'm constant, and it's 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 kind of annoying and sad because sometimes you like get to the end and like the author didn't have an opinion and I've been looking for it the whole time. Like every word I've been pouring over trying to find it. Um, but those passages, you know, are a little bit easier. A lot of times those have like a couple of people with different contrasting views. And then the questions are going to be about those people, but the ones that get really tricky. And this is predominantly what I see when a lot of MCAT passages, they're trying to figure out how the author feels about something. And that's something that's uh, a little bit harder to pull out unless you know, you're looking for that. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about something that that seems to elicit a ton of emotion between different MCAT tutors and teachers and and people who who do really well on the test or really poorly. Uh, everyone has an opinion on this. As you're working yourself through a passage and you're seeing these adjectives and adverbs and and everything else that are cluing you into this, are you highlighting? Are you taking notes? Mm, so. I think both of those can be successful. Um, note taking does take a little bit longer. And so some students don't like to do that. I I note I take notes, but I have like a really extreme shorthand. Something really important to remember is like your the notes you take don't have to make sense to anybody else. They don't even have to make sense to you tomorrow. They need to make sense to you for 10 minutes. And so a lot of times it's just like a bunch of squiggles and letters and I'll go to lunch. I'll come back and look at it. And like, I have no idea what this was about. Um, but the idea there is like you do need to be doing 
doing something active to kind of like keep you like I'm hunting for something to like write down what's the main point or the highlighting. And um, this actually has some other things like, well, we'll get to it. It's at some other podcast that like I, I kind of want to talk about. But um, the the thing with this is you want to make sure that you are getting good at pulling out the right information. Um, so this is why whenever I'm starting with a student, if they have like three, four or five months, I always encourage them to take notes at first. Um, by going through this, it's really easy to kind of like take a step back at the end and check like, okay, the things that I thought were important, were they? And so I can look at the, the, like the, the questions and try to match up like, okay, you know, I thought paragraph two was going to be really important, but there were no questions about that. And then mm. there were two questions about paragraph one, which I thought was like, there was really nothing going on there. And if I write down what I think is important, then it's really easy to check that. Um, and so I really like note taking. And a lot of times students say like, I'll do it in my head. You know, I'll just like <laughs> yeah. make sure to check what I think, but then like you don't, you just, <laughs> You, you forget what through. you think. Yeah. And it, it's entirely a skill based thing. Cars yeah. is 100% skill. And that's what differentiates it from the other. The other sections are all knowledge, not yeah. all knowledge, but a lot of knowledge. Um, the cars section is entirely skill. So it's like juggling or riding a unicycle and like, like juggling handkerchiefs is not hard. If you know how to juggle handkerchiefs, learning to juggle handkerchiefs is hard. I assume I can't juggle. So I, so I think we need hard. to have a whole podcast episode on how to pronounce handkerchief versus handkerchief. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a, that's <laughs> a whole a different thing. thing there. Yeah. That's a, that's yeah. a regional thing there. Um, and so with the note taking thing, um, by going through, I actually encourage students to start off. Don't like, if you have three or four months for the first month, don't pay attention to time. Just pay attention to, am I catching the right things or not? And adjust that. As you do that more and more, you will get faster. I, I always use the analogy. I don't know if you watch uh, Good Eats with Alton Brown. Just came uh -huh. back on on TV. I love Alton Brown. He's like the scienciest yeah. of all the food people. I know of him. Uh, yeah. But if you ever see him like cut an onion or Gordon Ramsay cut an onion, um, it's like it's miraculous. It's like confetti, and it just like pops out. All the onions like the same thing. His hand just like <laughs> wiggles. He doesn't cut it like a normal person. Like the knife is on the board the entire time, just kind of rocking around and like weird things. Now, if I wanted to master that skill, just like people try to master cars, which is a skill, I'm not going to try to go fast, right? That's why I lose all <laughs> unless my you unless you want to be right? an amputee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so then I need to go see somebody. You know, go go to a doctor. Go to talk to other people who've taken the MCAT. Yeah, but. I'm going to try to just do it right. And then I will pick up speed as I yeah. go. And that's, that's always my advice for cars. Now, so, if somebody has two weeks before the MCAT, yeah. pay attention to timing because yeah. that's important. But. So, so my question is, do, do Alton Brown and Gordon Ramsay, do they cry like everyone else when they cut an onion? <laughs> that's that's my I, biggest question. Alton Brown, Mike, Gordon Ramsay certainly <laughs> doesn't. I don't think he has tear ducts. Yeah. So he the, cuts an onion and everyone else cries around him. I, I, I love, I used to love watching Kitchen Nightmares um, mm -hmm. and, and uh, all the other shows that Gordon has done. And one of the best things I've ever seen, go online or go on YouTube and Google like US versus UK Gordon Ramsay and see how the different shows cut the episodes, right? Same footage, they cut mm -hmm. it differently. And one makes Gordon look like a prick and the other one makes Gordon look like a nice guy. And I'll let yeah. you decide which country does what. But uh, that's it, very interesting. So going yeah. back to cars, right? The, the important thing. I don't think we've ever really talked about taking notes, right? If you have enough time, taking those notes 
and building that into your review to mm-hmm. to really dive into is my thinking proper uh especially in the car section, obviously, right? So, so historically, when we've talked about reviewing a, a test or QBank or whatever it is, we always talk about looking at the answer, all, all of the right answers, all of the wrong answers, and why did I get it right? Why did I get it wrong? But we never have talked about going over your notes uh, and potentially for the cars passages, going kind of paragraph by paragraph with your notes to go, oh, yeah, when I took these notes, I completely blew what the author was trying to say. I need to work on that skill. We we just yeah. have always talked about, look at the answer. Did I get it right? Get it? Did I get it wrong? Try to guess why you got it right or wrong. Uh, yeah. But I really that, like that strategy. All students do. You know, they, they, all students when they're reviewing are just focused on the questions because that's where the points are. But like, mm-hmm. obviously, if you misunderstood the passage, you're going to miss questions. I, I like to talk that if, if so if, if you miss a question in bio, it might be because you didn't know something. If you miss something in physics, it might be you didn't know an equation or you had math errors or you knew your equations, but you didn't know which equation to use, like when to apply what equation, which are all different problems. But in cars, it's never something that you didn't know. It's never data interpretation. It's never math errors. So if you miss a question, it's it's only one of four possible problems, you know, kind of breaking things down. It's got to be one of them is timing. Yep. If, if timing is an issue, I think everyone knows it, right? There's no student that's like, I wonder if timing is an issue for me, right? <laughs> like they, they know I ran out of time. And it doesn't matter how good you are. If you've got one minute left and two passages to go, you're not going to get all the questions. Yeah. Um, so it could be timing. It could be the passage. And you didn't get the right stuff out of the passage. And what I'm talking, what we've been talking about is the best way to kind of figure that out. Um, and then there's also certain types of questions. People have different sorts of strategies for different sorts of questions. Those where's Waldo questions where they ask like, you know, what, what color did Phil's brother say the sun was, right? Like in that case, like you just go back to the passage and find it. And if you do that, you get the point. But there's a lot of students that try to depend on memory, myself included, when I first started. Um, and I'm like, well, I think they said this. And so I would just pick the answer. But like they, they are really tricky and they got stuff in there to kind of like pull you and push you into the wrong, the wrong directions. Or it could be certain types of wrong answers. Like me personally, I always started off when I started doing MCAT, I was always doing out of scope answers Mm. because I was trying to prove what I knew. And that's, that's not the goal of cars. And so it's one of those four things. It's either timing, you missed something from the passage or misunderstood the passage. The question, you don't have a good strategy for that sort of question, or it could be a certain type of wrong answer that tends to pull you in. A lot of people fall for like really extreme answers or one that's like out of scope or something that maybe is in the passage, but doesn't answer the question. That's like one of the most frustrating ones because it's like, it's true, but it doesn't (laughs) answer the question. Um, So it gets a little tricky there. All right. There you have it again, Phil, talking more MCAT for you. Hopefully that was a helpful episode to really understand what is going on with your MCAT cars skills. If you are looking for some more MCAT prep, whether it's one-on-one tutoring, the best next step or best full-length exams for the MCAT, next step is there for you. Or if you are looking for an MCAT course, you can go check out my review of Next Step's MCAT course over at mcatcoursereview.com. If you are looking for anything to help you prepare for the MCAT, go to nextsteptestprep.com and you can use the promo code MCATPOD to save some money. Again, nextsteptestprep.com, use the promo code MCATPOD. Have a great week. We'll see you next time where we talk about how to stay motivated while you're studying for the MCAT. 
This is MedEd Media.